Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Is marriage important to you? Because it is certainly important to God. And it affects our relationship with our Lord and Savior, meaning this. If someone is not faithful to that marriage covenant, and indeed marriage is spoken of in the Bible as a covenant, and if you're not faithful to that marriage covenant, not only is it going to affect your own personal relationship with God, but it's also going to have a destructive influence in society. As the family is in disrepair, not following the ways of God, broken down because a man has left his wife. Because of that, there is great implications in a negative way for all of society. And that's exactly what the prophet Malachi is telling us. Take out your Bible and look with me to that book of Malachi and chapter 2. We began this chapter last week and now we're ready for verse 10. And initially, as the prophet speaks, he speaks about Israel's condition in a general sense, looking at all of society and showing something, that there is a spiritual decay within the people of God. And that is being embraced through idolatry. This spiritual decay manifests itself through idolatrous practices. And the message is simple. If you are not faithful, if you are not conducting that marriage in fidelity, then you're not going to walk with God in that same type of fidelity. That idolatrous spirit, when you do not take seriously God's covenant, it is going to affect every aspect of your life. And this is exactly what this prophecy is speaking to. So look with me to to verse 10, Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10. He begins, as I said, in a very general way. He writes, surely one father is to all of us, meaning that there should be unity. We should understand as the people of God that we are family. Then he says, surely one God has created us. So one God as father, one God as the creator of all people, but specifically here, he's talking about the unity that should be among the people of Israel, God's covenant people. They are not behaving in fidelity to his word. And that shouldn't surprise us because they're not behaving in fidelity to their marital relationship. And we'll see that in a moment. Look now at the second part of verse 1 where it says, Why does a man 
betray. And this word for betray, it has to do with living in a way that is disloyal, dealing in a treacherous manner towards someone. And it's seen specifically in the scripture for an individual that betrays his wife who is not faithful, who enters into another relationship. And we see the paradigm. In the same way that a man would would enter into a relationship with another woman, so are the people of Israel entering into a relationship with foreign gods, with idolatry. So he says here, why would a man betray his brother? And what's the outcome of that? We need to realize that this is serious. The outcome is this, to profane the covenant of our fathers. Now here, fathers probably is a reference to the patriarchs, Avram, Yitzchak, Ve'yakov. And we see here that whenever that term is used, fathers, in regard to the patriarchs, it's referring to the promises. In other words, when we are not faithful, when do we not, when we do not conduct ourselves in fidelity to God, it is going to affect the promises that God has for the people. In other words, we are going to suffer loss. Now, many times we need to realize that that enduring difficult things are worth it because remaining faithful to God in the midst of persecution or remaining in a marriage that may be difficult at times, if we forego this covenantal relationship, it is going to have far worse outcomes. Being faithful to God Being faithful to your spouse is always going to bring about a good result in the end. And it's so vital that we see this. So he says, the problem is that the covenant of promise, that covenant with the forefathers, with the patriarchs, it has been profaned. Look now to verse 2. Now we see this specifically. He talks about Judah that area around Jerusalem, and he says, Judah has betrayed and abomination has been done in Israel. Malachi is writing about all the people of God, both that northern kingdom, Israel, that southern kingdom, Judah. He's speaking collectively in regard to all of God's people. And he says here, Judah has betrayed that he has acted treacherously to God and also abomination that which is so offensive to God has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem for Judah has profaned and it says the holy and it's reference to the holy place they are not in any way sensitive to the holiness and what should be pure in that temple area. They have become casual, careless, and indifferent to those things that are are vital for a right relationship with God. And because we're talking about the holy place, what is proper for worship? All of this they have become very, very lax with. 
and therefore they are not worshiping God as he demands to be worshiped. And it says this holy place relating to worship, God loves. What has been the outcome? He has married. Now, this is a word for becoming a husband, entering into a marital relationship with the daughter of a foreign God. There it is, idolatry. And again, the message is simple. When we are not faithful in our marital responsibilities to our spouse, it is going to have an adverse effect upon our worship, our relation, our covenantal relationship with God. It is going to affect it in a major way. That's why marriage should be of the utmost concern to you, that you walk in faithfulness to your marital responsibilities. And in my mind, we have seen both in Judaism and in Christianity a lessening of that sanctity of marriage. We see that that there is not enough strong teaching about how important marriage is, what is the role of a husband, what is the role of a wife. In fact, many of what the Bible sets as foundational for a marriage is being questioned and ignored today within the body of believers. That they don't see that order. They don't see that authority that God has established for the home. They question all of this. And they ignore it. And sometimes they they work against it. How shameful. But this is the reality today. And it's similar to God's displeasure of, of Judah and Israel at that time. Look now to verse 12 where he says, The Lord, he will cut off a man. And it says from the tents of Jacob, meaning from the family of God from fellowship with him very seriously the lord he will cut off a man from the tent of jacob who has done this who has done what well we'll come to this this idolatry both idolatrous practices spiritually and also this infidelity within a marriage a man who has done this who and we have two words one who is wake meaning who is conscience and who answers, meaning he is being challenged by saying, this is wrong, you ought not do this. But he responds, he understands it's wrong, but this one does not care. In other words, it's talking about someone who is awake, who is conscience, and who is in sin and will not repent, will not respond in the proper way. This describes Israel in the past, but it also describes the church today. That we have lowered the standards of God, that we have different expectations on what is spirituality, what is right, what is wrong. And therefore, although we're conscious, although we walk around with Bibles in our hands, although we go to worship, we see that we are far removed from embracing the standards that God, and hear this, that God demands. So he says, a man will will be cut off. 
He will be separated from God. And he says, this one, he still serves, meaning he still offers up a gift to the Lord of hosts. He thinks that it's fine to carry on in an act of treachery against his spouse or against God and still comes to the house of worship offering an offering like everything's okay. And what God is saying here, it's not. The people of Israel at this time were so insensitive to what was right and what was wrong. What was pleasing to God, they were insensitive in being able to understand their relationship, their position with the Lord at this time. And this is why Malachi is speaking. Verse 13. And this a second thing they have done. And what's this? Now we're moving into something that's, that's more related to the people and the implications of this infidelity. When there's a decline in the family, I said to you, it affects every aspect of society. Realize that. Again, when there is a decline in the family, we, we lessen the standards, the expectations that we should have for what is a God-pleasing marriage. And the roles are, are, are confused about a husband and a wife. It is going to affect society. It is going to bring distress, sorrow, difficulty upon society. And that's why, look at our text, verse 13. He says, this is the second thing that they have done covering up with tears the altar of the Lord, meaning this. People are coming and they are grieved. They are full of sorrow and sadness because of this dysfunctional aspect that is plaguing society, very dysfunctional. And they are weeping and also groaning. And because of that, he, now we're speaking of God, God no longer pays attention to the offering, meaning this, because of all the cries. And today, there are so many children that are in sorrow, that are being highly affected because dad has left. Mom is is not able to, to be the mom because of the responsibilities that have fallen upon her because the father is, is absent. And this is going to have greater and greater implications in a negative way within society. And for the most part, we do not hear strong messages, biblical teaching about God's order for the home and how important marriage is to God. Godly marriage, a spiritually sound marriage, it is vital. So it says here, that he's no longer paying attention. Literally, the word is turning to the the offering. It's affecting worship. And he does not receive delight from your hands, meaning he has no satisfaction in the worship that the people are doing. Verse 14. Now, one of the things we have seen and we'll see twice in this passage is that the people never agree with God. God says one thing and the people disagree. Here's a good example. Look at verse 14. 
But you say, concerning what? They are indifferent to what is displeasing to God. Concerning that the Lord has testified between you and between, notice what he says, the wife of your youth. Now, perhaps many years have passed. And this love, this commitment, this profession, you are the love of my life. Because of years, that man has forgotten that commitment, what he has said. He deals with his wife, interrelates with her, interacts with her in a very different way. So God is doing something here, and it's true back then, and it's true very much today, that it says, and the Lord has testified against you, sir, and between the wife of your youth, meaning he's displeased, and it's in the masculine. He's displeased with men in regard to how they have interacted with their wife, which you, here again, masculine you, he's speaking to men, that you have betrayed her, you have acted treacherously against her. While she is your, and many Bibles will say, companion, what it is is a, a connection. It is a word, we would get the Hebrew word, chibor, for connection, joined together. Some would use this term for, for havara as a friend or as a companion or a comrade. It's a word that speaks of a fellow person in regard to a covenant. She is your wife, and here it is, look at the end of verse 14. She is your wife by covenant. Now remember something. Biblically, marriage is a covenant. A covenant between a man and a woman, and don't don't ignore this last part, and God. God is at the center. I move towards my wife in intimacy as I move closer to God. And when I am distancing myself from God, it affects my relationship with my wife. God is at the center of a marriage covenant. So it says at the end of 14, marriage is a covenant. And we need to take that in the utmost seriousness. Verse 15. He says, has not one he's made, meaning the two shall become one flesh, has not one he has made, and the remnant of his spirit. He's put us together in intimacy, in that union, giving us a remnant of his spirit. And why one? Because he seeks godly offspring. He's concerned about that next generation. He's concerned about the children. And too many, and let me just say this because I'm a man, too many men that I know have not taken seriously their offspring, their children, in making decisions they have in regard to marriage, ending just walking away from a marriage. Shameful. And it is offensive to God. We need to realize that. And someone has said, and I hear this all the time, well, you don't know how difficult it is. Well, with God, all things are possible. You, and I'm speaking to men because the situation may be different for a woman. 
But, but men, we are men. We're called to overcome. We're called to love our wives like Messiah loved the church. What does that mean? He went to the cross. You are called to stay. You are called to endure and demonstrate love and be the key to reconciliation. That's what it means here. Why? Because God wants godly offspring. Therefore, he says, your spirit, meaning the real you, that that inner person, you need to keep right because you walking in the spirit properly is going to affect that next generation, your children. And if you don't, it's going to have disastrous implications. Notice again, and against the wife of your youth, do not betray. Do not behave in a treacherous manner against her. This is a command. We need to take it seriously. Look again. Against the wife of your youth, do not betray. Don't forsake that marital relationship. Verse 16. Verse 16, God makes it very clear. He uses the word shalach, which is to send forth. Now, you have to understand the Torah. Why? Because when the Bible speaks about what we would call a divorce, it is speaking about the man sending his wife away. Let her be given a certificate of divorce. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 31, Messiah calls that, that certificate of divorce apostasy. Very significant that we pay attention to the biblical language. Verse 16, for he hates. Now, the tensor means he's hated always and every aspect of it. He hates the, the sender forth, meaning he hates. We would translate it divorce. Says the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, how God is being related to is always important. Here he's called the God of Israel, meaning divorce affects adversely Israel. Let's say that a different way. Divorce affects adversely the people of God. And we need to realize that it's not just about this world, but Israel is a kingdom word. It will have implications into the kingdom of God. So the Lord hates divorce says the Lord, the God of Israel. Why? It covers with violence. This word, kamas. Now, it's violence. But the key aspect of this word, violence, is suffering. And it means this. Let's just look at what it says. Because it covers violence upon his garment, meaning this. A person who divorces his wife, he is bringing suffering into society. And this is going to cover his garments, meaning it is going to affect how people see him, his reputation, his testimony. Now, does that mean that divorce is always wrong? Didn't say that. We know that there's a biblical reason for that, adultery. But I can tell you in my counseling in the past and what I encounter today, is that all too often we see that, that divorce is for the sake of convenience. 
I'm not having a good time. I don't love her anymore. I want to be happy. Doesn't God want me to be happy? So doesn't that justify me being treacherously against her? No, it does not. It is wrong. So God says here, the Lord of hosts, he says, keep your spirit, meaning keep your spiritual situation. Don't make wrong decisions about marriage, those that are going against what God says. And that's why he says, look at the end of verse, verse 16, where he writes, do not betray. Don't act treacherously against that wife. She's the wife of your joy when you married her. And she can still be that if you submit to what God has called you to do. Well, one more verse and we'll conclude. Verse 17. Here's the problem. They never agree with God. They reject his standards, standards of morality. And I see that more and more among the people of God today, both in Judaism and in Christianity, where he says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. But what do they say? With what have, have we wearied? They never agree. And he says, with what you have said, with your words. What words? This is the problem. Everyone who does evil is good. They have it wrong. They are calling what is evil good. And notice the whole verse. Look again where he says, with your words, for everyone who does evil is good in the eyes of the Lord. That's what they're saying. They've got it totally backwards. And it just shows us how far they have removed themselves from the standards and from the perspective of the Lord. It says, and in them, these ones who are doing evil, he delights. No, he does not. God hates divorce. He may love the sinner, but he hates sinful activity. He doesn't delight in these people. Or they have another view. Notice how this chapter ends where it says, or where is the God of justice, meaning this? Oh, God doesn't care so much about justice these days. He's a God of grace. Well, they have perverted biblical grace because biblical grace leads us to obey God. Grace leads us into the character of God, upholding and embracing and affirming God's standards his commandments what god says is right and what he says is wrong so they're saying you know if this is offensive to god where, where's the god of justice why doesn't he judge well judgment day is coming and we need to realize that marriage is foundational foundational for a family foundational for a society and unfortunately today as we look at the leadership among the disciples, the followers of Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, we see that there is great confusion, a lessening of the standards, and people getting it wrong. Marriage is important to God. Realize that it has significant spiritual implications for this world and in the kingdom of God. Take the word of God seriously. Well, I'll close with that. Shalom from Israel.
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. <laughs>